All right. Good evening, everyone. No, we are tasked you know, for the, uh, they call it the graveyard shift. And you know, so hopefully, you know, we can uh, do some energizing you know, and get everybody back. You know. So let me welcome you know, up to stage with me, Harold from uh, SC Evangels. Harold, <laughs> would you mind joining me? <laughs> and then we have Christian from uh, Vesuvio Labs, uh, Sham from BCG Digital Ventures. No protocol. So perhaps you just go around the room, no starting from no, the far right, no Christian. No, um, a quick introduction, no, and, and this is something that you do a lot no, to, the, to the startups uh, that you build, right? Give us your elevator pitch. Well, yeah, well, I, I've been doing it a lot this, uh, this week, certainly. Um, my name is Christian. I'm the founder of a company called Vesuvio Labs. We are a venture studio, primarily looking at fintech. And about half of what we do is insurtech. So we have worked with a, a lot of startups um, covering uh, many aspects of insurance. Um, our job is to try to make it easier for a founder with a great idea to execute technically, build a platform, get alive, grow it. So that's what we do. Thank you. And Sham. Cool. Uh, first of all, thanks for having us here. I guess the benefit of being in the graveyard shift is you can reflect on the day. And so it's, it's been a great day. Thanks all for, for having the energy to uh, stay with us. Uh, so yeah, my name is Sham. I'm a director at BCG Digital Ventures. Um, Digital Ventures is the corporate venture building arm of the Boston Consulting Group. Um, and what we do is we partner with corporates uh, to innovate, build, launch, and scale new digital ventures. Uh, we've been active for about eight years. We've launched nearly 200 ventures in the market, including in insurance. But we do um, multiple sectors. We go across industries and across sectors. Um, we have a global presence, but more recently, we've doubled down on our presence in the region by uh, establishing a permanent uh, permanent center in, in the region. So quite optimistic about the prospects of venture building uh, in, in MENA. Thank you. Harold? Well, thanks for having me. So I'm um, Harold. I work for Standard Chartered Ventures. So we're the, the venture arm of Standard Chartered Bank. Uh, we were created about four years ago. And we have three activities. So a little bit in, in uh, I would say in, in, in doubling with a, with a previous panel, we, we have a VC activity where we invest in mostly Series B. Uh, we just set up a, a Series A and, and seed fund as well. And uh, I was interested in, in what Ahmed was saying because we're also setting up a, a debt fund. Um, and we have a venture building activity, which is uh, looking at entrepreneur ideas and growing these ideas from s simply, you know, like a, a very early stage all the way to uh, create, creating them externally for, uh, for the bank so that they can provide optionality for the bank. Great, no, and thanks, thanks for, for the introduction. And I'm Zehan no, from uh, QIC DVP. And no, I'm just no, anchoring on, on Lars's uh, presentation this morning, right? He said, um, for a thriving ecosystem, there were five challenges. And then amongst them, no, Otman checked off the, uh, the, the, the impact smart money kind of, uh, kind of box, right? And, and we're here you know, talking about corporates and then how, how do corporates you know, harness innovation and how do we work 
with startups, right, you know, to, to create that thriving ecosystem. So Harold, you know, in, in your experience, you know, how, how, how does uh, you know, a company like SC Ventures um, you know, work in, in, in that kind of space? Yeah, so, so the way we look at innovation is, so we're innovating for the bank itself. So we have set up um, an entire activity uh, with uh, coaches and, and human-centered design specialists that, that will help the business innovate uh, and, and better serve, you know, always thinking of, you know, customers first. So, so pure innovation for the bank. Uh, other part of innovation is identifying early stage companies um, that can have an impact on the bank, on the bank's business, on our clients, um, and, and investing in the right ones. So really a, a VC activity. The, the last part is, is on the venture building side. So it's really investing on, on the ideas of the future um, and uh, creating new and disruptive business models for the bank. Just to give you um, a data point, uh, we have set uh, financial uh, targets for, for, our, for ourselves uh, within in the next three to five years, uh, we've committed to our uh, board, to our shareholders, that about 50% of the bank's revenue will be coming from SC Ventures. Wow, that's a big commitment. You know, Christian, it's a good uh, opportunity you know, to, to be speaking to SC Ventures pretty soon. Absolutely. You know? And, and we will. And, and yeah. yes, you will. And, and, mm -hmm. and from your perspective, I think you know, uh, Harold came from an entrepreneur and, and, and then you know, spurring innovation. and. and probably spinning out or spinning back in. Uh, but Kristen, from, from your point of view, right, you know, the, the, the working, the corporates working with startups, right, you know, and you mentioned entrepreneurs uh, early on. You know, so were you referring more to entrepreneurs that are within a corporate setting or entrepreneurs that you hunt from the wild and you bring them into a, a corporate setting when you're doing corporate venture building? Yeah, so, so there's always this conversation about whether it's entrepreneurs first or the other way around. Um, the studios or the corporates kind of coming up with a, a problem to solve and then finding the right people to solve that, that problem. In, in our case, we were part of the, um, a similar journey in the UK. So we sat in these kinds of meetings four or five years ago, little kind of bars and coffee shops and, and talked about dreams for, for uh, making insurance better. And, and one of the key problems that we then discovered as we, we all got, got going with our businesses was it's very difficult to innovate in insurance without partners because you need to work together. It's very, very difficult to cover the whole stack. So um, almost all of the insurance startups ended up in some way partnering with, 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 with corporates. So it has become a very important part of it. Here, even more so, I would say, you need, um, you need a good partner uh, that is willing to support you. So I think we started out entrepreneurs first. We worked in that way and we helped in that way. I think gradually we are moving towards a scenario where we are perhaps a little bit more collaborative about the use cases that we want to solve um, with, with corporates, entrepreneurs, and other parties in, in, in that ecosystem. And great. And Sham, you know, given your experience you know, um, as, a, as a big consulting firm, right, you know, I guess you have uh, lots of conversations with corporates and, and you know, getting into their thinking and their, their minds. Right? Uh, what were corporates thinking you know, when, when they say they want to do you know, corporate innovation or even you know, digital transformation, as you've mentioned right, previously? 
Yeah, um, I mean, I think corporates that, that we talk to come at it from different standpoints. Um, some of them come at it from the perspective of, uh, let's try and disrupt ourselves before we get disrupted by a startup that comes out of the wild. Um, some corporates come up with venture building and, and venturing as part of a broader digital growth strategy. Uh, for some corporates, they are looking for ways to get closer to their end customers. You can imagine a corporate, I mean, I'm talking not in the insurance sector, but in maybe manufacturing. You're quite high up in the value chain, quite far away from the end user who uses your products. Uh, and so you have no direct feedback or no direct connection to that end user. But through digital venturing, you can create opportunities to engage directly with that end user in a way that you can learn about how they use your products. And that input can feed your own product innovation, right? So they come at it from different perspectives. And another emerging trend we're seeing is um, topics like climate and sustainability, right? So this is now becoming uh, an important topic for many sectors. It's moving at different speeds in different sectors, but for many, it's quite, pro quite a priority. And a lot of the solutions that we need will come from improving internal processes, from fixing current ways of do working. But we also believe a lot of it will come through innovation, through coming up with new ideas, new technologies, new solutions. And it is incumbent on corporates to also be part of that innovation. So for us, we engage with corporates on a number of these topics. There are a number of reasons why corporate venturing makes sense. Um, some of them choose to do CVC, and that's the right choice for them. But in many other cases, building your own from scratch does make sense. Um, it isn't an easy journey. I mean, you, you've been through it. Uh, you've probably seen it as well. But for a corporate to say, we're going to build a venture that's effectively a startup from scratch is a, is a daunting journey. It requires capabilities. It requires mindset change. It requires, of course, talent. Uh, but you know, this is the journey that we're happy to take, take our corporate partners on. No, great. I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball over here, right? No, since uh, no, you touch upon the topic of uh, sustainability and, and, and ESG, right? Coming from the bank, right? No, that's something that no, the guys up top are asking you to, to put more focus and, and, and to think a little bit more in, in, the, in the areas of uh, no, environment, sustainability, and, and governance. No? Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's, it's actually one of our uh, six high conviction themes. So. In the, in the course of four years, we've, in, um, we've invested in 20, we, we've just made our, our 21 uh, portfolio investment, um, and we've launched 30 plus uh, ventures um, from the ground up. Um, and, and the way that we segment them is, is we segment them according to themes, high conviction themes, and, and one of the high conviction themes is ESG. Obviously, it needs, there needs to be a financial um, aspect out of it, because I think um, what a lot of corporates do is when they start venture building, they start um, with uh, an approach uh, of, of trying it out. We have a very different approach. We treat it as a business, um, and every venture that we either invest in or that we uh, decide to build um, has to have um, all VC metrics, so um, potential for IR um, with an exit and all these things. So what the previous panel was, it was actually uh, uh, talking about are absolutely incorporated in the way we think. So ESG, yes, but ESG with a financial uh, outcome and, and financial inputs. So, so investability is, is one of those uh, not one of those matrices that no, I guess no, all of us will look into um, when we when we launch or start a startup, right? No. Christian, I see you, you, you having a, an interest in trying to. Well, to no, add no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm actually totally different, right? I'm, I'm an, we, we're an independent studio. We pick founders based on 
whether we like them. We think they have a cool idea. To be honest, the pitch, it never ends up being the, the, the thing we, we, we build at the end. So it's, to me, it's much more about, is this the right person we want to go through this with for the next two or three years? Do they know things? Have they worked in the industry? Do they know what they're trying to, to change? That, that's what we, we, obviously, we're coming at it from a completely but different I, angle. But I would just say it's not a different an angle. It's, um, it's the same angle as, as we look at, at the team mm -hmm. as one of the core foundations of a success, successful venture. So, so the team needs to, be, to have the right set of expertise, the right entrepreneur mindset mm -hmm. in order to be successful, but not only. So how would BCG look at, uh, look at these? You know, like? Yeah, I mean, again, team is, is fundamental. People is fundamental. Um, it's easy to focus on the technology and the product because you can get that into the market and MVP in six months. That's great. But for the venture to succeed over a five-year horizon, it's the team that takes it there, right? And it's the conviction of the team um, that, that can get you there, the, the persistence and, and, and the willingness to go at it, which is why, again, in the context of corporates, it's important that you incentivize a corporate-owned venture and the team in the right way. Having said that, though, how we come at it, we also place a lot of emphasis on um, unlocking corporate assets. So when we talk to corporates, we, we try to see what assets they might have within their group or portfolio that they can inject into this venture that can turbocharge the venture. And these assets can be um, physical assets like uh, distribution channels, physical touch points with customers. They can be digital assets like a billing relationship that you already have from product or service um, or customer data. Or they can be intangibles like intellectual property, right? patents that you have sitting around that you haven't found a way to commercialize and, and we can help you do that too. Um, but that is the starting point, right? That's what seeds the ideation process. This is how we say, this venture makes sense for you to incubate and build. But then it comes back again to having the right team in place to, to see it through. Um, so so we, we do come at it at um, maybe a problem first approach. So what is the problem we're trying to solve and how, and, and why are you the right corporate to take that on? And then we quickly bring in the, okay, let's now think about the team that can, that can do it. And because we are kind of full service, we build the ventures ourselves. We can get it off the ground and in that process also build up the team that will sustain it over, um, let's say, a five-year period or, or even longer. Okay, great. So we, we, we touched upon you know, investability, we touched upon teams, we touched upon ideas. Um, but still very often you, you hear right, you know, horror stories about you know, ventures being, being stuck or, or being um, spin out from, from a corporate venture building kind of, uh, kind of environment. Uh, but couldn't quite make it past you know, the, the, the early stage right, of, of getting in you know, external investor. And many of them you know, do sort of frame it around structures, right? you know, the, the corporate structure of the, of the basic setup or the fundamental setup. You know, so in your you know, respective views, you know, how would you see and how would, would you think um, the corporate structuring you know, as, as early on as, as during you know, uh, venturing when you found the ventures, right? How important is it you know, to set off with the, with the right structure? Um, anyone would take it? Let's have it open. Yeah, Christian. Uh, there was definitely a tendency to create these innovation labs or garages or whatever they were called and, and not necessarily connect them well with the rest of the organization. So it was a sort of... Um, pet project where they didn't actually give enough authority to the people that were running these, these labs. So what happened was a lot of 
MVPs, POCs, and so on were created, um, but not many of them were actually turned into real businesses and, and real businesses that were serving real needs within the organization because the, the people with the budgets um, had completely different objectives than, than the people that were running these labs. So I think what we're seeing now, which is good, is more connection between the overall strategy of the, of the corporate and why they have this lab and what they're doing inside of the lab. And I think that's what we, what we need to see because otherwise you would build hundreds of POCs. And actually the worst thing that can happen to a startup is that they think they're going to do this deal with the corporate and then they don't and then they're dead. Um, so, so actually a lot of startups ended up dying because of that relationship rather than you know, you know, succeeding. Um, that is changing to some extent and, 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 and that's a great thing. Yeah, I, I, I would echo what was said. I, I think it needs to be more than a pet project, to what you were just saying. Uh, building a, a CVC and a, and a venture building activity inside a big corporate takes more than just uh, you know putting a, a pinball machine and, and a few ping pong tables. Uh, it takes real commitment and, uh, and uh, with a strategy that needs to be at the highest level. So uh, you need to have the commitment from the CEO, from your board, that this is actually a, you know, um, a real transformation strategy for the company and not just you know, a fun, nice to have activity. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah I can add on this. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> completely agree. This is, this is fundamental. Having support from the very top is fundamental. Um, the venture builder, the studio, the whatever we call it, and the ventures it creates, it's going to function differently from the rest of the corporate. It's going to move at a different speed. It's going to have a different cadence. It's going to have a different risk profile, right? Um, what we often find is with corporates who are used to investing in large capex projects, building a plant, building a factory, it's very predictable. You make this big investment, and then the returns are very predictable. With a venture, with a digital startup, that's absolutely not the case. And so the reason why the senior leadership involvement is necessary is they need to understand you're entering into a different type of um, endeavor. Um, and so it's important to empower the venture builder with the right level of decision making to take those risks, to try different things. If it's not working, fail fast and move on to the next thing. Get to market quickly, even before it's done. All the things that we, we any, any entrepreneur will do and, and feels very normal in the normal entrepreneurship VC language can feel quite alien in a corporate context. And so it's important that the venture builder and the studios are set up with that understanding and that requires backing from the very top. Um, but then also be prepared to see things moving in a different way and in a different speed compared to what you might be otherwise used to. Yeah, and, and no, I hear mindset change, mandates, no. Uh, big pots at the top, though giving giving the um, the instructions or, or the or the firepower behind, right? Um, but you touch upon you know, this very one interesting topic, right? Risk, um, and lots of corporates don't like this word, right? When you talk about risk, they go, "Ooh, you know, how how do I avoid, you no, know, mitigate, you no? Know, it's all about mitigation, right? And and how do we help change that that perception, right? You know, that this is a risky venture." into a perception of uh, perhaps let's just take small bets, right? It's a, it's a small controlled bets, right? And then how, how in your experience you know, have you managed to convince your stakeholders right, in, in, in getting into this realm 
of this is a risky venture into okay let's let me experiment like you say fail try fast fail fast right no sharp no perhaps no starting from you yeah um I mean, I think there's different, different approaches a corporate can take when you try to rationalize taking on the risk, right? Um, I, I talked about corporate assets. That is a big factor that de-risks the venture, let's say, compared to a venture that's not backed by a corporate um, or not built by a corporate, right? I mean, really, you need the corporate to inject those assets, make those assets available to the venture to be used, and that actually de-risks um, it quite a bit. It can de-risk the product, it can de-risk the go-to-market strategy, it can de-risk various things. The other approach, of course, is to do what a VC does, which is to have a portfolio, right? So don't bet on one thing, um, bet on a portfolio and look for complementarities amongst that portfolio of ventures. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you guys do this as well. Um, and so, again, not think of it as one, one project. It, it is exploration, it is trying different things, but it's trying things with a concrete strategy um, linked to what you're trying to achieve as an overall corporate, right? What, what is the overall corporate objective of doing venturing? Is it exit? Is it strengthening your current business? Whatever it is. Um, but, but look at portfolios as a way to balance a little bit that risk and then help the ventures you create help each other to some extent. And so how, how does Vesuvio do it, right? Yeah. Well, it, it depends. I mean, we, we, we do work with a, um, a, a large insurance group at the moment. And uh, the way we got to work with them was um, they bought some companies that we worked for. Um, and then we had the meeting and they were, you know, when we said, well, we're already doing it. We're, you know, you just didn't know. And the other thing you didn't know is you bought these two companies and they're integrated and we did it. Um, so, so sometimes you, they, they sort of have to wake up to it. Uh, we, we like to say to them, okay, you have a problem in your IT department. You have an enormous budget in your IT department. Um, and you spend it on you know, fixing your systems or upgrading your systems. You may consider looking at the opportunity for that to be a profit center rather than pure cost. Um, I, I think there's a bit certain amount of excitement within an IT department that is used to presenting them just being a cost to s turning into something that is actually part of the, uh, you know, the profit entity within a profit um, uh, center within within a business, and and they can be part of actually the value creation for the future. So so I think it starts with these kinds of for us these kinds of conversations about what you're you're going to invest in this anyway. Should it just stay within your you know your back office, or should we perhaps look at whether that could be a product? That we can that we can uh, sell to the world. Um, so that's one way. The other way is clearly the, when it's entrepreneurs first. Someone has a great idea. We start working on it. We go and show it to them. We tell them how it can potentially uh, help improve their business. And then we find the one or two um, corporates that perhaps are willing to go a little bit on that journey, to take a little bit of a risk. Um, so it can be both ways. It can be present them with a sort of prototype or, or, or go and have the, the conversation about what, why looking at this as a, as a pure consulting uh, project. And Harold, could you share some of your experience? Then? As I would say, um, 
a few things about risk. So first of all, we're a bank. So uh, we, we mitigate risk on a daily basis. Uh, we have a whole department uh, around risk. But um, so risk could be many things. It could be financial risk. It could be, in our case, reputational risk. Uh, it could be uh, data privacy risk. So, so there's a number of, of risks that we need to identify and we need to mitigate and, and decide whether or not it's, it's something that you know, is a show blocker or that we can, um, you know, that, that we can decide to investigate. Uh, the other part of de-risking is, is working in a lean way, uh, working and investing in a lean way um, uh, with reporting. So we, we also work with what we call OKRs, which are um, you know, setting up the objectives, key results. So making sure that companies we invest in, c companies that we build are on track and, and uh, yeah, I would say, build lean, invest lean, and, and keep on tracking on these objectives. Of course, you, you are blessed by, you know, with having a, a, a CVC, you know, backing you a fund, backing you, right? No, I think in Vesuvius and even in Sharm's case, do you have a, a fund that has uh, you know, continuously backing and, and supporting you in, in, in the you know, various stage gates? Yeah, I mean, in our case, um, <clears throat> so the Boston Consulting Group does have a, a fund as well, the Capital Group, um, but it's quite distinct from digital ventures, right? So digital ventures mission is to invent, build and scale ventures and new, new digital businesses partnering with corporates. Um, so usually it's the uh, corporate financing that's powering the venture. And then over time you can raise and bring other investors on board. Uh, and and DV, we can take a small equity stake in there as well. But it's typically, it's the corporate that's the, that's the founder, right? That's, that's financing the venture. The so beginning. from the shareholders fund? From the shareholders fund in the beginning, yes. Okay. And um, no, would you yeah, so we, see we, that convenience and something that no, you would love to have? No, yeah, we would love to have a, a fund. So, so um, you know, hook me up. Um, I, yeah, so what we did was a little bit different or very different because initially we actually, we worked for corporates for money. And, and we took some of that money and invested in the startups. Um, so that's kind of how we started, actually. So we, 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 we ran a very weird VC, a cashless VC almost, where we, we earned some money to survive over here, and, then, and we used that to uh, invest in, 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 in startups, invest technology and time in, in startups. Now, both of, are great because startups are willing to take more risk, try more things, do some little bit cooler things. Where the corporates have money, you need both, right? Um, now, so over time it gets a bit more mature and you might be able to take some of those great ideas and bring them back into the, in, into the corporates. That's done us pretty well, but in terms of really scaling it, yes, we need, we need more capital. Yeah, no, even, even in the, you know, the research and whatever that I've looked up, you know, you're starting to see the emergence of a, a hybrid model, right? The hybrid CVC or hy hybrid CVB, right? You know, coupling the build you know, with the invest, you know, because you know, the, the invest side will always like to know what you're building and therefore doubling down. And the build side, you know, you know, like where Christian is, we always like, can you give me more money? No, because I need to build the cool stuff. No, um, are you observing those kinds of trends in, in your respective regions, right? No, I think we all you know from UK, you know, in the Middle East and, and in Asia, right? No, yours a bit more diverse, no, of course. No. Um, do you see that trend you know, uh, happening you know, in, in your respective regions? 
so um, I, I think it, de it depends on on the themes. It depends as well on the on the regions. Uh, so we we invest globally um, and and we build ventures globally uh, as long as it's within the footprint of of, of our of our bank. Um, we're careful in the way that, that we invest and in the way that we build. So we won't necessarily put a huge ticket initially. Um, we want to test and based on um, how well our initial decision is, is being made um, through the periods of incubation, through the periods of, of uh, initial stages and, and so forth, then we'll, we'll put a, a bigger stake into it. Thank you. And, uh, and over in your part of the world, do you see that emerging or it's, uh, it's still a very rare trend you know, to see hybrid models? Hybrid models. Hybrid venture. You know, so so the, the venture builder does come with an investment so-called capability, you know, something that you're no, trying. No, that, that is what a venture builder is in, in uh, theory, right? So, so um, we, we in a way only half of a venture builder, right? We are, the, you know, in my opinion, you need to if to do a very good job, you need to have a venture studio, a, a capability to help these ventures from an execution point of view. So uh, that's what we do a lot of. And then you need some money to invest in, in doing that and in growing the business. So, so in a way, we are, we are sort of half of a venture builder. There's a lot of VCs out there that have rebranded themselves venture builders. They, they are effectively that other half, and, and hopefully we can come together and, 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 and deliver um, strong results as a, as a collective. So, Sham, any you know, near-term goal in setting up a fund for yourself? <laughs> Um, no, but let me let me let me give the the MENA view or at least my, my view on the on the region on this trend. Um, I, I think it's still early days in in MENA, at least amongst large corporates on on the whole corporate venturing topic. Um, it's definitely gaining a lot of attention. It's gaining momentum, um, but I think corporates are still start are still slowly figuring out how to organize themselves to take advantage of this. Whether it's setting up a fund, whether it's setting up a venture builder, whether it's both. How close to each other should they be? Should they be under the same umbrella? Whatever it is, right? Um, so I think it's still early days, uh, but I think it, the understanding will come quicker than we think. I think corporates here will wrap their heads around the advantages, the challenges, and the, but the benefits of doing all of this a bit quicker than we think. Um, and I think that will then help power more entrepreneurship, more innovation, more unicorns from the region, right? Which I mean, we've noted throughout the day. Um, there's, there's still more. There's more ahead of us than behind us on that journey, um, and we, we think corporates have a big role to play in that. Uh, but as I said in the beginning, it is a challenging and daunting journey for a corporate to suddenly wake up one morning and say, "We're going to do venturing of whatever, whatever kind, investing or building." Um, but it is a rewarding journey, and and if you're convinced that's the right journey, then set it up in the right way put the right resources behind it, put the right team behind it, uh, and, and the rewards will be there at the end of it. I think just back to what Sham was saying at the beginning, the, the, the big 
advantage that corporates can bring to the table is, is uh, their existing connections uh, with the market, with the customers, their physical assets, their relationship. In our case, for example, the relationships we have with regulators or, um, or connections with other, other potential investors or other potential corporates. Um, and it's all of that that we can bring to, to, the, you know, to the startup ecosystem. And that's even more true in, in insurance, right? Because you need an insurance product. You need capacity from somewhere. You need regulation. You need some sort of access to a customer base. There's a lot of things that you need. You, you, you might not be able to do all of the activities yourself initially, so you need a claims partner. You need you know, all sorts of things. And if the corporate is willing to open up its um, you know, uh, inventory, and allow you to kind of focus on the, the one thing that you want to do a lot better. Uh, it, it's, it, it's really what you need as an insure tech startup. And it's also, I believe, what the corporate need, right? Because they, they need some people that are out there trying really hard to take that piece and making it really great. Um, and, and, and that's not something that usually a corporate would do they would sort of be more incremental in their, in their um, innovation, let's say, small, small iterations, where this gives an opportunity for both sides to actually take um, much bigger steps. Well, so hopefully QIC, you know, DVP can lead the way you know, and be that shining beacon in this region. Uh, but you know, before we close, you know, I'd like to open up you know, uh, to the floor. You know, are there any questions you know, that anyone would like to ask? Um, not to the panel audience, panel speakers over here. You're going to ask, Othman, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, look, you've touched base on this uh, question and this topic that we always you know, uh, <laughs> talk about. Uh, in venture building, uh, in corporation, do you start by building the business and find a CEO uh, or a manager to manage that business, or do you start by finding a founder with the right ma mindset and build this on the go, right? Um, yeah, I, I think in our case, so we're similar, we were a big corporation. In our case, we start with a founder. Uh, the founder has the idea, um, has the expertise because he knows the business, he, he understands uh, very well the, you know, the, the whole ecosystem. Um, but he's never done it, he or she has never done it before. They, they've never had an entrepreneur experience. So at some point, you will need to find a co-founder, potentially a CEO, and, and pair that externality to, to the initial founder. Sean, in your yeah. experience? I mean, I think our approach is, um, is much more problem first. And the reason we think that approach works well in, in the way we execute is we have a very rigorous methodology that we put, put behind it, right? So it's, it's um, market research, validated market learning, rapid iterations, um, quickly building small incremental stuff that we test, um, and, and trying to get a, a, a sense of problem solution fit, product market fit, whatever, as early as possible, right? Um, and so once we're convinced that the solution meets a real market need, and there is a real gap that we've identified, and the all-important corporate asset is there to turbocharge. Um, that, for us, gives us the conviction that this is a venture that is worth building, can have legs, and can sustain. Um, but then, as I said, 
the team comes in really quickly. It's not to say, oh, after the fact, we go find a bunch of people to run the venture. That, that's not how we do it. Um, but the f let's say the incoming focus is to try and find an opportunity and then p prove out as best as we can that opportunity in as lean a way as possible. Uh, and, and, then, and then bring in the team. Christian? So far, it's been more um, founder first. Uh, so people would have come to us with great ideas. Typically, people from inside the industry worked there for 10, 15 years, been very frustrated with something. They know exactly what they want to do to change that. They have no clue how to build a business. It's the perfect founder for us to, to work with. Now, when you hear this a lot that you know the the the, the serial founder, the you know the second third time uh, someone is founding a business, um, you would you know many investors would rather invest in someone like that. It doesn't matter if they failed the first two times because they learned a lot. Because starting from experience is very different from starting from scratch. So. A venture studio is effectively serial entrepreneurship at scale. So now we are, of course, trying to match our capability. It makes no sense if we don't work with founders or problems that fit our capability, because then we won't leverage our experience to help them the best that we can. So, so, so it's sort of changing a bit where initially it was like you have a great idea let's work on it now we have sort of found a shape and so the ideas have to be inside of there for us to be as good as we can possibly be thank you so Ahmad's a tie by the way <laughs> sorry no he and I had this ongoing debate you know, how, how should it be like you know, so, so we want to use this opportunity to validate uh, the assumptions that we had you know. Um, but any more questions before we close, right? Um, and again, right, you know, so before we close, right, just um, you know, um, from, from each of you, right, um, if you were to give you no know, corporate advice you not know, to, to embark on this, uh, this corporate innovation journey, right, you know, starting from you, Christian, what would be that you know, one thing or two things that they should think about you know, and, and consider before embarking on this, this journey, right? Well, two things. Two, three things or one. Okay, let me let me well give two. One nice one, and <laughs> okay. Um, I I would say it's important that when you commit, you commit, right? So what do I mean? I, I mean if you have this lab, uh, the person you put in charge of the lab, you give some money, and you make sure that they know they have to spend that money. You, you don't turn them into these kinds of, um, you know, that have to look for budgets every, you know, five minutes, try to, you know, because that just is a corporate, right? You have to separate it out, give it its own budget, its own team, a lot of autonomy to do things differently. So that's first. The way to test whether you've done it is go and take a walk through it and look at the screens. And if it's full of spreadsheets, um, then it's not succeeded. If it's full of code, people doing stuff, then you have. So if you see all the spreadsheets, close it because it's not doing anything. Thank you. Sean? Um, from, from my point of view, I would say 
three things to, to make sure you do when you start on the journey. Um, put the right team in place, whether it's the venture or even the, the, the builder around it, put the right team in place um, who have that different, different mindset from the corporate, who will be entrepreneurial in themselves uh, and don't kind of fall back to the corporate ways of working. The second thing is um, setting up the right environment around that team to give this venture builder room to do it, do what it needs to do, which is going to be again different from business as usual, uh, and then, and then have a have a bit of a view on what what is the midterm approach, the midterm methodology. You're going to see ventures come and go. You're going to see investments working out, not working out. Be prepared to be resilient through that. Um, the first one or two things you build or invest in might not succeed, but take a bit of a mid to long term view. Um, yeah, those would be the three things. And last but not least, Harold. I would say define what you mean by corporate innovation. Uh, corporate innovation can mean so many different things. Uh, for us, it's uh, new business models and how these new business models will have an impact for uh, the corporates and ultimately uh, bring uh, alternative and optionality for the bank and, and to the point that we're going to have a huge impact on, on the PL. Okay, thank you. No, thank you. No. Christian, Sham, Harold, no, thank you. Right. I'm going to do 